0: Hello and welcome to Night Number 6 of 31 Nights of Frights, Year 4, The Stephen King of Horror. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. Night Number 6 comes to us from a definite legendary director in the horror genre. Starring Timothy Hutton, Amy Madigan, and Michael Rooker. This is the 1993 George A. Romero directed The Dark Half. The Dark Half tells the story of Tad Beaumont, Or when he was a child, he had a brain tumor removed. During the operation, it's discovered that it's not exactly a tumor, but instead the growth was a twin brother of Tad's that never developed. As an adult, Tad is a successful writer and writes books under both his real name as well as his pseudonym, George Stark. Tad is blackmailed and decides to kill off the George Stark writer. From that moment on, a series of murders occur with Tad being the prime suspect. From the very start of the film, we see that Tad is affected by a debilitating pain in his head along with a somewhat nasty view of an unborn twin who's in his brain. It's actually a really cool effect because we have the eye actually look at the doctors. Not only that, they find hair and teeth inside his brain. It's pretty nasty looking, but it's a really good effect. That is one of the great things about this movie, is that I think the special effects look fantastic overall. Me, personally, I happen to really like this film. I saw it back in the theaters when it came out. I have since seen it a couple times over the years, and it's been one that's always kind of stuck with me, because I always thought that it was a interesting idea with what it presents, and that's that Tad, when he's writing as his pen name George Stark, he changes his personality as, in this case, everything that Tad has given up in his life, such as drinking and smoking, George Stark still does. Once it's found out that Tad is George Stark and being blackmailed, his editors decide to kill off the character, and that's what sparks Tad's further spiral for his schizophrenia. He was more or less fine living the double life, but he really couldn't handle living two lives, even as Tad's wife said. It's almost like a Jekyll and Hyde type of transformation. But this whole idea is all just a diversion, and we'll get into that a little bit later, as I feel that'll be a division point for viewers. It should be noted that the dark half is extremely similar to another film. Because of that, I'm not going to be covering it and that is the David Kep directed Johnny Depp starring Secret Window. I do know that Secret Window and The Dark Half are two separate stories, as Secret Window was a novella, and you also had The Dark Half that was actually a novel. Given the choice out of the two films and the two stories, I prefer The Dark Half over Secret Window. Secret Window is definitely a fun film, But considering the two are so similar, I decided against doing both films. So if you are expecting me to do Secret Window, I apologize. But it really is a matter of preference here. With that said, I just think the dark half overall is the better movie. But anyway, back to the dark half. This movie is filled with a lot of standout scenes. And the big one for me is the dream sequence where George confronts Tad. It's highly effective with the voiceover work along with seeing his wife with a porcelain face it breaks revealing a skull underneath. It's a very awesome effect and the scene itself is just really well handled. It really is scenes like this along with the opening that go beyond what we've seen from director George A. Romero. Here we're seeing a more psychological horror and it really works well. Even though this doesn't exactly fit our George A. Romero style, it's incredibly well directed. If anything, it makes me wish that we would have received more mainstream films from Romero. The dark half even has excellent use of the score from composer Christopher Young, who is most famous for his score for Hellraiser. While we're on the subject of music, I love the fact that Elvis Presley's Are You Lonesome Tonight is used throughout. It's a fantastic use of a love song in a dark sense and dark movie. As far as casting goes, I think it's awesome that we get the character of Alan Pangborn, who has been in various Stephen King books, as well as played by different actors over the years. Here, Alan Pangborn is played by actor Michael Rooker, who you may know from a lot of different things. The Walking Dead, the movie Slither. He's in a bunch of things. But anyway, I think he's really great in the role and he provides some sympathy for Ted. It's all the more strange that Alan Pangborn appeared the same year in the movie Needful Things. But as it turns out, the dark half was held over because it was supposed to be released in 1991 but considering Orion Pitcher's went belly up, this one was held over. The rest of the cast, such as Timothy Hutton in the dual role of Tad and George, he gives a great performance that's well-defined for both roles. His dark portrayal of George Stark really works and making us believe that they're really one and the same and two different characters. So here's the big part that could be a big dividing factor for audiences and that's the supernatural element that's introduced when we find out it's not so much a tale of split personalities or schizophrenia that we may have thought instead we have a tale of an actual twin personality separating himself and manifesting his own dark half becomes a real being a real reality i was fine with this as the movie is always engaging The idea of George actually dying because Tad killed him off is interesting. We do get to see a distorted, rotting George in the final moments of the film. We also get to see the healing factor of George and where Tad starts to rot himself and become injured. This is at the near-ending scene of the movie when George Stark starts writing the book. Tad tells him to do it and as we see George write, we see the wounds that are on George start to disappear. And then we start to see Tad is starting to get bruises on his face. The whole idea of this movie could have been really confusing, but instead it's really interesting and engaging. I think if this movie was handled by a lesser director, it probably wouldn't have turned out as well. But Romero handles the movie and all of its themes with a fantastic eye it helps that the movie is paced really well, too. I feel that for George A. Romero and his various works, I think this is a very underrated work of his and definitely needs a rewatch. Because if Stephen King is the king of horror, George A. Romero is truly a master of horror. And I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. If you need to catch up on past episodes of Adam Analyzes or 31 Nights of Frights, you can do so at adamanalyzes.com. If you don't do the whole social media thing, you can go and reach out to me at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying this podcast, why not tell a friend about it? Why not tell two friends about it? Or, if you have a free moment, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a 5-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice. It'll allow me to create new episodes as well as reach new listeners. With that being said, this episode is dedicated to George A. Romero. I, like many others, am thankful for his contribution not just to horror films, but films in general. Sadly, he is gone, but his work lives on. Remember everyone, be kind and good night. I will see you tomorrow for night number seven.